Welcome to Creativity Conversations, episode 24. And today I get to speak with Nico Olivieri. Welcome, Nico. Great to have you. Nina, it's really, really fun to be here. I think so too. <laughs> We're going to do something a little bit different, but not too far off the map, at least in the beginning, which is on these conversations, we generally investigate the definition of creativity and see what else we can see about it besides the usual association of creativity being artist or artistry. And we'll see where that goes. And instead of the usual reading of a bio for Nico, I just pulled out some words from his bio and we are going to explore those as well as whatever else happens to show up. So here we go. Italian, rock and roll. <laughs> Writer, Michelin chef wannabe. <laughs> Transformative, relentless, full aliveness. Oh, here wow. You go. Over to you. Uh, wow. I, I love this. I was actually really nervous now to know which words you, you picked. <laughs> All right. Um, I, I love that. It's fun. Um, to me, as I was, well, Italian, I am. It is, it is true. Uh, <laughs> that's the easy one. <laughs> and at the same time, I think all the time spent across Europe was, was, was great for me to sort of, even in terms of creativity, to see what, you know, to put myself in a context that I, that I didn't know as much and, and play. And I think uh, what was coming up for me and I'm kind of really <laughs> playing in real time is that I think th there's an element of, of creativity that it's, uh, it's linked to, to limitations, to, to new context, to, to, to setting some rules in a way that you kind of have to, to think outside the box. But anyway, I'm not going to go go down there. Um, <laughs> Thinking outside the box is a great place to go. It is. It's just that I think often, I don't know what you think, you know, but like there is this sense of, you know, creativity calls images of, uh, you know, freedom and a complete, you know, like this massive white um, endless canvas. Where, where, and, and we we often get stuck thinking that if I don't have that, you know, if I don't have every possible color and this endless canvas, I cannot possibly create anything but i do think sometimes it's actually fun to to play with the limitation of form and so whatever that means in a life even things that we think of as limitation like i don't know having kids or money related issues we see them as something that takes us away from creativity but i think it can actually be a fantastic way of sparking creativity that doesn't make sense sure it makes sense for the people who are listening, give us a little context in which you've come up with that idea. Like what's been going on with you in the last 10 years, 15 years that makes you a believer that limitations actually can spark creativity. Talk about being a rock and roll star. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, would, I don't know if that's really how I would define myself, but I did publish uh, an album with my band, but that was like, a couple of lifetimes ago you know i actually it, it came to mind when you, you asked that question which is a, a wonderful question it was was actually diabetes which uh, is something that i got diagnosed uh, about 15 years ago that is something that i think informed a lot of the choices i made and, and even the creative the, the good things that i created and the way i went about my life but you know it starts as a limitation it made me see and look in directions I wouldn't have looked otherwise. 
whether can you there give, was... Can you give me some examples? Yeah, sure. Um, well, the, the most obvious would be, of course, uh, the, the diet, right? But I think it's a lot in terms of, of preparation, kind of a lot of things we tend to do on autopilot, you cannot afford to do an autopilot with diabetes. To take it, whether it's like a friend calls you and say, hey, let's go grab a beer. You're like, okay, hang on a second. Let me see what my blood glucose is. Let me mm -hmm. think, am I bringing the insulin? And it might sound like I was talking with, uh, with a friend of mine who shares the same condition recently. And you might think that's obviously a bad thing, but it makes you really come aware of how many things we just do without thinking, you know, without being really fully aware and present and, and going all in. Yeah. So that, that's kind of what came to mind in terms of limitations. I guess that's the big, the big one. And, and Rockstar, I, I, I wouldn't know where to start. Were you playing a, uh, a guitar? I see you have one in the background since you were that's the one, a actually. young boy. That yeah, that one. And the, not, not the bottom, not the acoustic one, but the, the electric one is, is actually the one I used to record the album. We didn't sound much like... You mean we won't be able to find it on iTunes? <laughs> no, 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 no. I think you might be able to find a few videos on, uh, of some songs on YouTube, probably, but I'm not going to share the link. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So even playing in a rock band, did you write your own music? Yeah. Did you... So there's something in that where you were coming up with ideas from... Where did you get them? Did you pull them out of thin air? Did you listen Sorry, to something I, I, and be inspired by it? Can you repeat that? I, I missed the last sentence. Sure. So I'm just wondering about your songwriting experience and how the ideas came to you. The word that comes to mind is inevitability, right? I think the big thing I learned in that period was at the beginning, I would write a lot from what I think, what I thought would work. And I don't know, maybe looking at what my other, or the other person who would write songs in the band would write. And I think, oh, it has to be at least as good. And kind of just very logical, a very uh, rational composition in a way. And it was a struggle. I, I did write something nice from there. I don't, you know, it wasn't necessarily bad, but it was an eff effortful process. And I think that, the most beautiful thing around creativity that for me, whether it's poetry or, or music or business, is when, can, when you find that place in you of inevitability, this sense of like, like I cannot not write this song or, or this poem or this business. And I haven't thought about it this way actually ever, so thanks for the question. And, but, but you know, like we're going through a big transition in my business, in my coaching business with my business partner and we are really noticing that on how easy it is to go back into creating from whatever past experience and what you know and best practices and and even if you don't want to and we really don't want to we kind of made it a thing like okay now let's set all of this aside. but it kind of creeps creeps back in so easily but when you find that you know let's what's the business that you know we that it's inevitable we create? What's something that we, could, we can't really even help but doing? What's there that, that has that energy? And the problem is sometimes it doesn't make any sense what comes from there. So you got to trust that. And it's not so easy because you're like, hey, hang on a second. Like, really? <laughs> Should we do that? Like, I say, yeah, really do it. So tell me how that feels to you when you, can you give me an example of that? Because I'm thinking about when I've had 
You know, you use the word inevitable, which I think is a great word and haven't heard it much on this series. So I'm intrigued by what you mean by it. What I hear and what you're saying, and so you can clarify it for me, is that you can't not do it. It's just something that feels, it has such a compelling feel to it. It makes you feel good, even if it's kind of crazy. It, even it's like going up that first hill of a roller coaster. It's like, oh my God, did I make the right decision here? And then suddenly you're up at the top and going down again. Yeah, yeah. That's I, I love how you're describing it. There's definitely a feeling to it. I think you, you one of the words you picked was aliveness. I think it's it's more about that. Like I don't know if it always feels good, at least in my in my experience. I sometimes might feel scary, might feel like I might feel very confused about something. Mm -hmm. But there is this sense of, I was, I was talking with a client like a, a month or two ago and just, we were just comparing notes on this. And, and there's that, the way we pictured it, it's like, you know, that sort of sense that at a certain point you think you're going this way, but then a sort of something clicks inside and you kind of like, oh, all right, fine. You know, the moment that you're almost like, okay, I guess I have to turn, you know, it's not, it's not even whether you like it or not. It's just like, ah. Oh. Okay, <laughs> it's, it's time, you know, you just know, you just know. Does that happen to you in your home life? You have a son, right? Who's how old? Six. So do you have that same experience of uh, inevitably turning or pivoting or shifting gears with him now? It's a, another really, really fun question. Y you know, I never wanted to read a but not, not for, a, there was no reason, just I never felt really caught to read any parenting book. I did read one before he was born. But uh, apart from that, um, my wife was more the, is more that, that one. And I'm very happy about it because I trust her, you know, she knows all the, all the right things. And, <laughs> and I guess that's one of the reasons why I haven't. But I'm noticing that it seems to me the only way to parent that I, that I could possibly consider you know that I could do it doesn't my kid but I think every kid is just keeps changing like I have a different person in front of me every time I, I, it comes back from school that I wouldn't know how to do this I, I still don't know how to, to do it like how to be a parent but if I if I thought there was a the right way that I should find and apply I think I would really 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 find it hard for how I am so you know it has to be response and you know we thought about like you know we're in this family we have these ideas if you ask me you know like oh we don't scream and we, we're not for I don't know extreme punishments or whatever but we like to talk to him but at the same time I know there are moments that are just like no you know just go to your room and I, I need that I know like that's just how it seems to go I don't know if I answered the question but there you have it where I was I think I was going with that question really is about responding in the moment and you know in terms of talking about creativity the thing that seems the most obvious to you to be doing right then and there not so much with a plan in mind or a script in mind but even even without thinking about it it makes itself known to you so i i'm i'm that's how i'm hearing your description of talking about your son and and mm -hmm. how you're parenting him is that it's a very uh, natural, a natural response that isn't something that you've had to look up in a book and say, well, this is what I've been told is the way I'm supposed to be a good parent. Yeah, it's, it's, that's it. And listen, it's at least for me, just to, to be clear, it's, 
there are a lot of moments where I think I don't know what to do or how to respond. Like it's it's not like you know not this sort of <laughs> always tuk, tuk, yes this this. But the the one thing that I I know it's consistent is that in those moments my wife and I are at no point it seems to me that the the conversation should be around okay so what's the right way of dealing with this situation it's just all right pretty much we end out in that space with the trust that I might say a word and she might say another and then it's just obvious what to do and we might get it wrong but and, and that's in business you know when I feel like I would say 80% of the time I have no idea what, what to do next and where I'm going but but at no point it seems to me anymore that I should look for, for answers somewhere in general, right? in, in a theory, mm-hmm. that I can't find what I need in, this is how you grow your coaching business. Mm-hmm. That's not a question that occurs to me. But it's like, okay, cool. So wh- what do I want to do now? So I guess there's that distinction between generic, looking for generic solutions and apply them and thinking that you're applied in, applying them wrong when it doesn't work. And actually being really present, say, hey, look, that's this specific moment will have its own specific answer. It might just never repeat itself again this way. Mm. Yeah, I love that. It seems like it, it makes, not that that kind of advice is bad or wrong, but it's already out of date. Yeah. You know, it's not in the moment. It's not taking, as you say, put, taking all the events in the moment into consideration. And that that's, the, I think that's the really distinction between learning how to respond in the moment and feeling that we need to rely on somebody else's past experience. Yes, 100%. The, I guess what's fascinating, because I do read, I love reading books with people sharing their, their theories or their, their steps. But what, what I get really interested, what I wonder as I read or as I listen to an interview is, where is that? step where is that strategy coming from where did that come from right because and you inevitably you start seeing like oh yeah well they did this too they might not have been aware but this book and this framework came from the same place it's just that instead of seeing that it worked for them because they were present and it just worked for them then they're sharing well-meaningly the the form can you share the force do you think point to it and then the job that we do i think is so at least for me one of my what's really hard or or easy depending on where you see it is to think that my say i'm talking with someone and that something occurs to me or or maybe something helped me in the same situation or something it's so easy to share my form or what, what i got from my connection with this creativity this wisdom this energy it's so easy and tempting to do. And that's what most people actually would, would love me or us as coaches to, to do. But what's really important is to kind of keep relentlessly, as another word that you pick, pointing back to their source. So how, how would this work? For example, let's say you're speaking with somebody who's gotten stuck at home because of the lockdown. They're <laughs> isolated. They don't have a lot of contact with their friends or family, or at least most of it's on Zoom these days, if at all. And things look very flat to them. Things don't look creative. Going back to your point about limitations, 
being a potential spark for creativity, seeing things differently, asking what else. How would you apply what you're saying to a situation like that? I guess I, in the moment, something would occur to me, but I guess the, the, the value that I, that I could bring is that as I was listening, there was no part of it that sort of like, I, I don't, and there's, there's no link necessarily for how I see it between whatever it is and the possibility of, of creating, right? And that's actually a key point because if you're sitting with someone in that situation, which I mean, could, could might as well be me right now, but there's a very different thing between thinking like, okay, look, you're stuck and this is it. And now we're going to try to think out of the box and get you out of this versus, okay, so what do you want to create? Like, I mean, my question would be the same. Right, like, so what, what do you want to create? Yeah, but like it's lockdown and stuff. Yeah, I get it. But, and we would explore that probably. Why, why do you think that's relevant? And even how, how they're feeling, one thing that changed a lot for me in the past, it seemed to me that there was a feeling I should, that is preferable and that I should sort of guide them to overthink it. And, okay, I'm going to help you calm down and find peace. It, why? Like, I mean, I once asked a client, so like, yeah, you know, I would love, love to be happier. And I asked them, why? But why what, do you th- like, what do you think being happier will make do for you? Like, it, I, I am not always happy. It doesn't seem like a goal, happiness. You know what I mean? Well, that's anyway, a really interesting, it's a provocative statement. Yeah. <laughs> I like those. Yeah, I, I've gotten that impression. <laughs> what I'm wondering because you you said it why should it be a goal is what i'm i'm wondering is whether you're suggesting that we don't have to give those feelings too much weight you know we don't have to say well in in order to live a good life i, I need to be happy 95% of the time or even 80 would be good you know just to be able to ride our emotions without getting swallowed up by them yeah that, that's the, I think that's the gift, right? I love how you're saying, right? Our emotions without being swallowed by. What does that look like when you're swallowed by an emotion? Well, you tell me. You're my guest. <laughs> look, I'm, like, the disclaimer is, this is just how it looks to me. And I realize it's, it's different than a lot of people. And I suspect they got it right. And I still haven't seen it yet. <laughs> but for me, I have to look at my life, right? Like I cannot talk to anybody and say, I don't know, be creative and it either works for me, if it's true for what I see and how I live my life or, or I'm not gonna share it. And where I am right now, I'm, I'm very far from a place of even 80%, you know, of eternal peace, but not even, I don't even, it's really not relevant in my life right now. It's not something I check. Okay, so how peaceful was I today? And I, today, today, this afternoon, I, I struggled. I could, I, I had to go to bed. I was just like, the word, everything seemed to have it. Yeah. And I think a beautiful gift is someone who shared the same with me. Would be like, okay, what if that part of the, you know, the, the usual sentence, uh, the, the, you know, that's the Sid Banks shared about if only people uh, will learn not to be afraid of their own experience that would change the world. But you see, as long as it looks like something to fix or then you're, you're resisting it. What happens if you accept that life has all of it and it feels good and feels bad and it feels it, but it has really very little to do with what you need to create or to discover, 
uh, to realize if you want to. <laughs> you don't have to. Uh, you know, it's interesting to even think about peace or peace of mind as being a desirable state to get to mm. rather than something that is fundamental to who we are. And, and the reason I'm saying this is because the other day I was describing a situation to a colleague and I didn't realize I was doing this until she pointed it out to me, but I was describing something in terms of a problem. It wasn't a problem. It was a statement but I was turning it into a problem, which then I had to figure out how to fix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, right. And I, th I think that pursuit of anything, whether it's peace or I don't know, you fill in the blank, sometimes prevents us from not only being okay what's going on with what's going on right now, but knowing that we're all okay underneath it and that we still have choices and that we still have access to creativity or doing something different, seeing something with fresh, a fresh perspective. Yeah, and that's hope to me, that you just described hope. That's what? That to me is the, is the foundation of hope, ah. right? It's that knowing that, it, you know what, right now is not okay, my life doesn't feel okay, and I'm allowed to just really hate this moment but some part of you that knows, okay, but, but then there's the next bit and that might look completely different. I mean, how cool is that? That's right. <laughs> but to not be afraid of when we, there's a danger when we share, and I love how you're sharing it, but you know, it, it can be easy to hear, oh, we are all okay, it's all okay. And translate that into like, oh, so I'm not supposed to feel that is not, right? No, that's, that's okay too. And, and it is. I, Spir spirituality is right it's supposed to be an investigation of, of our nature right who we are what we're made of it cannot deny our humanity it should enhance it right it should like actually say yeah that's us struggling helping each other fighting crying being crushed and bouncing back again that that you cannot shrink spirituality or creativity into, you know, here's how you make a painting. Well, I think that I, I love what you're saying, because what I have seen so many times in my own spiritual investigations and talking with other people is how frequently people try to assume a spiritual position so that they don't feel anything that's mm. uncomfortable. So what you were saying about including our humanity in that experience of the spiritual otherwise we're just running away from something that we don't need to do we have a capacity to deal with whatever comes our way that's so important i think i mean mm -hmm. there's no difference like i mean i was and this is for me a territory of exploration i'm i, I i'm in the process of kind of seeing what i see and that's i'm reason, recently kind of wondering about all of this but there, it seems that there's not, you know, you often hear people talking about, okay, so yeah, it's important, you know, the formless and the form, the spiritual and the superficial. The, so if, if spirituality is our own self-realization, it's really realizing our nature and, and what we're here 
to do in whatever way you want to intend it. How can you feel like, no, I'm, you know, spiritually I'm a seven, as in I kind of, I know my nature, but my life out there is a, is a four. Because we know ourselves in, in four. That's actually the only thing we got to, to, to know. Like, it, 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 I don't know. It's just, I don't see them as two separate things. I've actually really struggled to, to, to delineate and say like, oh yeah, of course, this is spiritual. And this is the word of form. And, and actually, something that is interesting me recently is this, the possibility of someone standing for something that is, and I, I don't know, I swear, like, really, like, it's, it's a serious disclaimer. I really don't know what I'm talking about here. But I am a big fan, of course, of the truth of life is, you know, in this moment, in this moment moments that we can find peace and beauty and wonder. I don't know, what do we cliche, but really, you know, in the smile of my kid or in, it, it, it is true, right? It's true, life is, you go out here and I'm surrounded by beautiful mountains and you see a, a waterfall. And so I think we are complete and we know that, but is there something beyond that? Beyond that sense of like, yeah, you know, I don't need anything, I just have the, the there's the smile of my kid and the life is gorgeous and the world is all perfect. Yeah, yeah, you know. Is there the possibility of embracing something bigger, wider than our little garden and, and standing for something and maybe fulfilling some sort of, yeah, like, I don't know, expanding our world and, and, and going and looking and looking places where we might not see that so easily, this, this beauty or this thing, and go look there and go try to to bring it up as i said it's very new to me it's something very fresh as a as an aspiration for me but it would be a pity i think if everyone would just sort of stay in their apartment thinking oh how beautiful everything is and that's it and i don't know i don't know well it seems like you can't really appreciate one side of the equation without knowing something about the other side you know mm -hmm. so that you can't you can't really appreciate beauty if you have never had any experience with what's ugly or what is without beauty, you know? And not that there's a, I mean, there's no one who hasn't been on that teeter-totter of the world is incredible to, oh my God, the world is awful. Well, you know, I mean, as you were sharing that, I'm thinking a distinction is, if I would say, hey, I'm okay, and take that as, I don't know, a proof of, so I don't know, say like, well, I'm okay. So that, that, that stands presupposed, like the, the premise behind that is that, that this game is about me, right? So life is about me. I'm okay. Look at this, look at the mountain. This is gorgeous. So yeah. What if it isn't? What if our, what if it's not, it's never been about us as in, you know, the, the, the little thing we identify with. What then? Like, what if, great, you know, I would say this, like, yeah, I love that you see it. I love that I see, when I see it, it's beautiful to see life and beauty and, and feel grateful. It's gorgeous. And say, okay, great, good for you. So, but, you know, that wasn't about you anyway. So, like, should we, what else, right? What, what are we feeling called to, to do to contribute to, I don't know, I think really going back to where we started, that's that feeling of, here is how I, I, I stop blubbering, but once I read uh, an article from a poet who, whose name I don't recall right now, but what she was saying was something uh, along the lines of, the, the, the article was how to get published as a, as a poet. But the point was actually, you know, don't write poem 
poems wondering how you know what types of poems you have to write to get published like, and it was she was mentioning a, a bunch of, of, of great poets and like you know these people they wrote what they had to write what it was necessary to write even on a in some cases on a, on a political level or on a whatever you know there was urgency in that poem it wasn't just self-serving but like hey look how good i am at writing poetry or whatever you know or even just like hey the mountains <laughs> what is life what's that sense can we find that sense of uh, of inevitability and uh, and what's that calling us towards now that is, is a, a cool great question, a great question which leads me to invite anyone who is on the call with us to ask a question if you'd like raise your hand or your little blue digital hand, and we'll bring you on. In the meantime, though, I would love to ask you if you see a correlation between creativity, or whatever we're going to call it today, and love. Hmm. They're the same thing. Asking you whether you see any correlation. No, no, like I, yeah, that's, oh, you are. That was a statement. That Sorry. No, it's <laughs> it seems like that they're just two, two, they're synonyms, How which so? is cool. Tell, tell me more about that. I think creativity is just, it's our nature, right? That's, that's just the way we are. It, there's, it's, not a, it's not something we apply or, you know, it can, we cannot not be creative in a way. I mean, we're made of creativity and we're made of love. So it's kind of the same. We're made, we're made of transformations. We're made of constant motion. All of those are synonyms. And I think one, one thing that I saw now, as you asked the question is, it's really good to know because if they are the same thing, I cannot really create or really being in that deep place of creativity if I'm not in love at some level with what I'm creating and with the whole process of it, which is kind of what I think I was describing when you asked me about the songwriting. Yeah, that, that if it's just a logical creation, there's, some, there's a piece missing, there's, well, there's the cake missing. It's so interesting what you're saying, because it isn't necessarily a feeling of hugs and kisses and hearts and flowers, but it's something that is irresistible. Mm. I don't know if we can live 100% of our time in that sort of, on that edge, on that sense, constant, on the inevitability kind of wave, uh, would be probably pretty cool. But this morning I was talking with someone and we were really, it was beautiful to listen to. And he was kind of saying, listen, we have no idea. We really have no idea on how different, how completely different everything can be even like overnight. If, if more people, if we would all come from that place more often, like that, that's, that's the, we have no idea. It's not just like, oh yeah, it's cool to create from there. It's nuclear energy. It's not an, the cherry on top, you know, like, you know, it's like, oh yeah, yeah, I have this, 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 and, and then, okay, yeah, great. And then there is the inevitability. Like, I, it's just, if we knew how idea, how powerful, the transformative power of creativity, love, we would respect it more. You know, it wouldn't be a, a, a second, unless I thought, you know, do I, do you want to change your business? What, that's just, you have freaking nuclear energy there. Why don't you look there? One way I'm hearing what you're saying is that creativity is, is life. It's the force of life moving through us, moving through everything, constantly changing. And it's like you can't stop a 
flower from blooming unless you stick it in ice cubes or chop it down or alter it or destroy it in some way. But it's that impulse is to open up, is to reach towards the light and then open up. And what if that was the same for us? But we saw it as a problem. Which is funny, but yeah, we are funny. <laughs> and to me, creativity is breathing. It's if, if I have to think that the closest metaphor or analogy would be breathing, you know, would you, in a way, breathing is life, but, but it's the same. It's this constant inspiration and expression. Yeah? That's kind mm. of, we can't help that, right? The more we can get it. And it's actually a cool, a cool parallel because we managed to also breathing became a thing that you do, you know, like, oh, well, on Thursday, I do breathing class for two hours, you know, like, no, what are you, you going to do the rest of the week? You know, just, it, it, but the difference is on Thursday, I go there and I sort of, I, I, I notice it. That's really, you know, when I'm mindful of my breath, I'm just noticing what's already there. I think with creativity is kind of the same. We think like, oh, you know, I took, I took up pottery. <laughs> But it's always it's just that place where we allow ourselves to notice. Oh, yeah, I take in the word and express and, and, and I just keep doing it. And then we finish the class and we go back. <laughs> we leave. We think that we leave creativity there. What a lovely conversation. Thank you. I'm, I'm, it's fun. <laughs> it is, isn't it? I think being able to really deconstruct this notion of creativity as something that we have to work to have or be is so just so wrong <laughs> because it's so natural as you were saying it's it's like breathing but we don't we don't notice enough to give it to give it the space to work its magic on us unless we put it in a specific context painting writing poetry playing music you know doing something pulling a rabbit out of a hat some but instead of something being very simple everyday creativity watching the way the clouds move in the sky or the way a conversation unfolds which we have no idea where it's going to take us or being able to notice how delicious a cup of tea or a cup of coffee can be as we make it and then as we bring it up to our lips and all of that is that uh, that um, almost inevitable unfolding that you were referring to earlier. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And, and in a way, so you, I think, you, as you say, you cannot. We can't do creativity. I don't think we can be more or less creative. I think we can pay more or less attention to it. Right? We can see it more or less. We like. In a day, like do we create our day, like it's whether it's conscious or not, but we would say we, we just make we make it something. Yeah. I was telling you before we went live, you know, like yesterday we just woke up and today is the first day of lockdown again here in my region. And it was gorgeous, but we had to work and I know my wife had other calls and things. So initially like, OK, well, it almost seemed like a bad thing. It was like, oh, you know, tomorrow is lockdown and today's a gorgeous day and we're here and we're going to work. Oh, and it's this month, it's, it's my wife's birthday. And she's like, oh man, I didn't realize it's going to be my first. Other people had probably this experience this year. Uh, but, but then, I don't know, I see she was having this con and something occurred to me and said, hey, look, let's go out. You know, right before lunch, we had an hour. And, you know, we went out, we just stayed there, we came back. 
She had another car and in the meanwhile, when I was preparing lunch, it occurred to me, why don't I pack this up and we go have a picnic somewhere. And then it just at the end of the day, then we picked up our kid, it was 4.30 and we just like, you know, yeah, it's getting already dark and cold, but who cares? We brought the ball and we went, you know, brought these little soccer shoes and we went and we played another hour there. And at the end of the day, we were both like, wow, you know, what a day. And it was a working day. It was, we, and we did work a lot. And what occurred to me, like, oh my God, how many days I just sort of spend one dimensionally, you know, well, like it's, it's Wednesday. So I guess I'll have my clients and I do the things and, and look at the potential in a, in a work. Like there was no, there's no reason why I didn't do this every day or every week. Not that I have to, but how humbling to see, like, even where you think like, no, I'm pretty much maxing out on the possibility that, that a Friday can offer how cool to see that no if if we pay attention there are there are always a million ways we can play and that sounds like good news yes i, I guess we could beat ourselves up and say like oh why didn't i do it two days ago you know but why right so i am thinking about this capacity for noticing for mm -hmm. noticing what already is what else might be possible and how Sometimes that seems really difficult to do if we're triggered by something that's painful or, you know, brings something up we'd rather not have brought to our attention. And yet, I mean, you could say noticing is a, a creative act in and of itself. It's the same as with anything. The more we are willing to let go of our rigid perspective on what we think is happening right now, it just opens up another world. Yeah. And I think it's such, such wonderful aspiration. With, I, I mean, for everyone, like noticing is so many things to wonder about there too. You know, how do you know? Like, is it something we like really do? Like, okay, you know what? Now between four and five, I'm going to notice. Or... <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and yet it's so key, right? It's such a, it's more of a felt experience you know, that we kind of get familiar with. And yeah. it seems to me more and more that What's, the, what's very disruptive, at least for me, what is a very disruptive thought is to consider that I'm always ready to go for what I want. And that is really disruptive and terrifying at the beginning. Because what I mean is like, oh, you know, it'd be great to make more time for writing and less for code, whatever, right? And with, oh yeah, that's such a good idea. Let me work on it. Let me explore it. Let me... But if you say, no, 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 if, if it's a current, if it's calling you, you're ready to go. You, we are not going to be called for something that we're not ready to pursue. And that's so disruptive because I think I'm not ready. I'm not enough are just the best. They're coping strategies for preventing us from realizing that because then if we realize that, then we kind of like have to go, All right? <laughs> and it's so easy to like, oh yeah, great. Yes, I like this. Let's kind of sit with it, you know? Unless sitting with it is what's calling you. But that's going to have a different flavor. It's going to be like, no, you know what? I'm going to take a week and, or whatever. But if you have this sense, I man, like, which is my case. It's like for so long, I've been like, yeah, you know, I would love to have more space for writing, you know? Yeah, you know, I guess. And then you make up stuff. Oh, when I'm going to have X clients or when I'm going to have this or when. But really, it kept calling. And then I just realized, oh, maybe we can just start writing, you know? <laughs> You do it. And it's not for me. This is often scary to take that step. 
David White, the, the poet, talks about it in terms of taking that next radical step. But it's radical not because it's crazy, but it's because it often it's often very simple. We used to look, you know, we were like for the grand thing or okay, I guess I'm gonna leave my job and do this and I, but it's radical often to wait. Are you saying I should just sort of take an hour and write? Yeah. But it needs simplicity. It's scary and radical because it shows how simple it is. And isn't that what we do with our lives? Make them so complicated. I can't do this <laughs> unless this is a great idea, but I can't really do it because I don't have blah, 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 you know, <laughs> fill in the blank. And yet, do we really need whatever it is we say? Is it really true that what all of the obstacles that we are saying are in place are actually in place? That's what we do. And sometimes we don't want that. That's the thing. We say we want something and there are two possible things. Either we really want it. So it's kind of a pity to make up all this stuff that doesn't, you know, that prevents us from doing it. Or we don't want it. So we make up all this stuff and then we spend a lifetime to fix all of it. Finally, we get there and we're like, oh, I really didn't want to do this, you know. And either way, but we do it. I do it a lot of a lot of times. So me too. But as you say, then we we catch ourselves. We notice, right? And there's something that seems that the more you you see, the more you you see. So that's the the learning curve. That the the hope. Um, I wanted to say something to. I wanted to thank the the, the guys, uh, the folks, the, the cock was. They might not realize how, at least as far as I'm concerned, they really shaped this conversation. For me, I was very aware of even just a nod or something. Or as well. And I, I could see that. They, they, so thank you, because you did contribute to this uh, with or without question. So that, and I think it's so cool because we don't realize how we have an impact, whatever we do or don't do. Oh, I'm so glad you said that, Nico. So, Oftentimes, there are so many reasons why people don't ask a question, but it doesn't mean that they're not hearing us. And it doesn't mean that there isn't a possibility that whatever is in the conversation could be a catalyst for them to see something new or not. And I guarantee you, we would have had a different conversation if it was just you and I. Isn't it pretty cool? What if, and I have no idea, but what if that's how it works? Like, what if we go into a room and two people are talking and the fact we're in that room somehow changed that conversation, even if I, you know, who knows? That's pretty, but it's pretty cool if we start seeing that there's more to us, to our presence than meet the eyes. So thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, I see a question. Can you hear me? Yeah, perfect. I, I actually wanted Nico to validate what you were just saying because uh, I haven't asked a question because uh, I'm absorbing what you both are offering. And when I think I have a question, I wanna go in deeper and see what's really going on for me. So then the question dissipates because I've answered it inside myself. So I wanted to just verify that, but I'm very present with both of you. So thank you. Grazie. And I'd like to validate that too. And what's so curious is that I had lots of questions, but the flow was so beautiful between you two. It was just, you know, I didn't want to interrupt that. And so questions that occurred to me along the way, 
were then answered further down. So it's very cool. It's almost like a, a co-creation in some respect, yeah. isn't it? So thank you for, I hadn't really spotted it until you mentioned it. It's all a co-creation, don't you think? Yeah, well, but Nico, when you open that up, like, oh, the possibility exists that the people who are just bystanders on this call have influenced what's going on. That gave me the opening to say yes. <laughs> Oh, good. I, I like that. I'm going to keep this because it could be a good trick in case I want people. <laughs> to do. That wasn't the goal, but yeah, a good trick. <laughs> Can I ask you, like, I don't know if this is, if I'm allowed, but like, just now because the conversation had been open, I was curious to know if, like, what, if there's something particular that, that sort of stuck with you guys. Well, with me, I think what, what I was sitting with is as a coach, I'm a psychotherapist. I had to ponder the idea that when someone comes with what they consider a problem, do I wanna fix it? And if so, what's my motivation in wanting to fix it? So it makes me go in deeper. So, so that's what came up for me because I had a client right before this call who is an American living in Geneva with a French wife and he can't speak French and blah, 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 blah. And I, I most, just wanted to listen deeply and not give him suggestions but offer is that really a problem mm. like not speaking French is that really a problem and is there anything else you can bring to it that would shift your awareness of it mm. because really what he was doing was completely judging himself and people will think I'm stupid or I'm not interested or and I said well is that really true because in my experience, learning another language, I've found people so willing to accommodate me and wanting to help. So that's my experience. I just offered, can you explore that more deeply? But the idea of wanting to fix was really what stuck with me. Yeah. I, love, I love, I think it's very nicely, yeah. It's a nice catch and that's very cool that, that you can see it and, and that you offer your experience. You see, what we have going for us is, if we if we think that that's the case, is that if you see if this person wants, if if they bring a problem and they want to fix it, they will. My job is to just kind of bring them back into that in a little bit. Like if if what wants to emerge is a solution, they will. If they don't really want to fix it, even if they say so, then why would I care? <laughs> but how could you know? And I to bring that hope that maybe they might not have. You see, they sit with someone and they experience, you know, someone was like, I have a hundred, I have zero doubts that, that if, if this is important to you and you need a solution, you, you, you have it. It's there already. Well, that alone is so healing just yeah. to hear that. Yeah. That's so healing for someone to hear. Oh my God. Yeah. You know, because your certainty, like I know that if there's a solution here and you really want it, it's going to come to you. That's profound for someone to hear. It's super healing. And listen, you don't even have, as we just experienced, you don't even have to speak. Like just standing in that certainty mm. will do a lot. Correct. Thank you so much. That's awesome. So for me, what I loved was, was that word inevitability that, that just something just wants to be created. And I love the way you pointed to how when you were writing poetry or maybe your, your, your music, 
it was you you were mindful not to 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 be thinking also oh, what what would my audience like but rather to come from that place from within that from the true nature of what wants to be created and, you know it sounds like you approach your business that way too and so that really struck me you know that it struck a chord with me you know because I go into the the arena of okay this is a great idea but is there a market for it you know whereas that can just be pushed off the table if 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 the desire and the push is strong enough from inside just go with it you know and it seems like you that's the approach you take and I would have loved to have heard more about that but um yeah it's that's very cool and it's a good reminder so thank you thank you that's that's pretty awesome I do think about what do people want to. I, I have those thoughts. Just just to be clear, <laughs> uh, but, but think about great stuff that happened. Like I was reading yesterday, and I'm sorry, I don't remember. I I really bad with details, but uh, an article about some sort of uh, performance that happened in the at the beginning of the century. Uh, it was a classical performance and. It's true. So if I find that it, I can I can send them to you. Know, but basically, this the orchestra was playing this new composer, I, I, and there was a riot. There was actually like at a certain point that the, the, the audience got super restless, and they wanted you know this is not what it, it, it sounded like noise. It sounded wrong. It, it wasn't going with the taste of time. And the the writer was pointing like, oh, you know. What a pity it would have been if at that point the director would have cared about what the audience wanted and we might not have had this in the future. So if we can, if we want to follow our own path and innovate and realize ourselves, it's, then I, I'm a very okay thinking that if somebody doesn't like what I do, they might be wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But it's so cool being able to play with something and, and daring and reminds me, I used to be a, an intellectual property lawyer and one of my clients was Dyson. And I remember very clearly that when he first invented the concept of the clear bin, that was novel. And he had so much pushback, like, no, no one's ever gonna want that. No, 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 you know? But he, went, he just went through with his idea because he had that conviction, that desire, I guess, to bring it. And, and it's so successful, so many other manufacturers copied it. And, you know, how cool is that? And, and also how painters might change their style. And, and, and in the beginning, it's like, oh, what, what, what's that? And then create a whole new movement. And how, how amazing is that? It's beautiful. But why is this, is the reason it's scary is not just for the, how we are perceived by the others. Is we also have to remember certain artists, painters, great thinkers have only had their moment after their death. So this doesn't mean like, no, go for what's calling you and you're going to be guaranteed success and fame. And it's about, again, inevitability. And if I'm walking this, because that's just, I don't really have a choice. Then whether you like it or not, whether I'm going to, it's going to work or not. It's just sort of, we'll see. I'm as curious as you to see. It's about being true to ourselves. And that resonates on a, on a certain level, doesn't it? And I think that attracts the right kind of people if, if we're talking business as well, doesn't it? It certainly attracts the kind of people that are interested in what you have to say, even if it's one person. But in a way that doesn't matter because you're speaking from your heart, you're speaking from that inevitable outpouring that's you. Yeah. Thank you. So we have reached a point where we're about to say goodbye. Before we do, 
do you have a website or do you want to tell us about your new publication where people can yes, find you? Sure. Yeah, I would love for you, if you guys to have a look at it. It's just, um, uh, it's called No Way, as uh, you find it at noway.substack.com. And it's simply a place that I'm starting to play with about, for a month now, where I write, I wanted to bring the conversation out of Facebook, kind of for the reason we're, we were mentioning now. And it's, I realized that the algorithm had an impact on me, first of all, you just, the format was nice and people didn't choose to be there. Right? Even someone who liked what I write, I, I love this, the possibility of having way less people, way less people there or just a bunch. But people were like, you know what? Yeah, I want to be in this conversation. I want to, I want to read, engage and just keep exploring. And that is a choice and I can play with longer format. I would write maybe, it's a weekly thing. I would write maybe 2000 words or, or tomorrow we, the, new, the new thing that comes out is actually a poem for the first time. Okay. And there was all these voices in me. It's so like, no, you said that there are gonna be articles. You need to write an article. And I just kind of, fuck it, it's my thing. I'm gonna write a poem. But, <laughs> but it took a while. So yeah, I, I love to, and again, it's uh, noway.substack.com. The idea is to create a tiny group of people who are willing to kind of support each other in exploring how we can put more of ourselves into everything we do. Thank you. I love it. Sounds fabulous. Mm. So thank you so much for taking for this time. Me. It's really been lovely. We look forward to seeing you on another episode of Creativity <laughs> Conversations.